The more we thought about the story John had spun for New Year's, the more we got stuck on Alan Scott. An engineer with a magic ring, mechanisms and mysticism. Over drinks, Dodds pointed us towards another socialite who fit that bill, Carter Hall. That ninth medal of his sounded interesting, and before long, we had an invite to dinner with him and his fiancée, and an offer to tour his armory. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Matthew. And we are the DC Detectives. It is our job to go back through the annals of DC Comics history and chronicle the evolution of all your favorite heroes from start to every reversible finish. Joanne's back in the office. I'm sure many of you were happy about that. And uh, we have a new character. You know, I'm actually going to make my first bold statement of the day. I don't think you can call him a character. I can. I think we can call yeah. him a pulp cardboard cutout. Much like every other character in this entire endeavor. So, starting off, we're doing Hawkman. Now... Golden Age Hawkman. Gold, yeah, Golden Age Hawkman to be specific. I I have always had an affinity for this character just because I thought the idea was funny and interesting and kind of cool. Granted, that was in like the 90s and early aughts when uh, they were doing the Thanagarans and they were aliens and things like that. And that was cool. I think... Hawkman as a character is interesting um, compared to other characters in the JLA. Just, he's another alien character. Granted, that is not the Golden Age version of Hawkman. Golden Age Hawkman is written primarily, uh, I think solely by Gardner Fox. At least so far. It's all in, in it's the volume the same we have. Creative, this is, might actually be the first non-Trinity book that has a consistent creative team the whole way through. Right. I think that's true. So... Gardner Fox is in control, so you know it's a good time. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we if if you are just now joining us in the new year, first of all, happy new year! And we wanted to start with another character, but for those of you just joining us, Gardner Fox is our personal punching bag when it comes to these comics, just because. Who boy does Gardner like to take things off the reservation and do some interesting and weird things? Not bad. Gardner Fox is a very well-written and prolific writer in the DC Universe. The characters that he chooses to do these stories with tend to either not work or his writing skill at the time that we are currently seeing him is just a little below okay. And you know what, though? These are the first comics ever being written. I will chalk that up to, we don't know how to write comic books, let alone write stories in about 8 to 12 pages with weird, fantastic characters. I'm giving them this amount of, eh? Here is actually our first point of piling on for the day, I guess. Uh, I will usually agree with you as regards Gardner Fox, uh, especially with the stuff we've seen before. There are moments of bizarre and interesting, and it's like, that didn't land, but the rest of this is interesting and it works. I'm going to channel my inner uh, Jeff Gerstmann for a minute here, and just say that these stories are fucking dumb. Yeah. 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 I'm just going to, I'm going to be quiet through a lot of the plot summary, because I'm just going to, I don't like doing this, but I'm going to slag on it at the end. And I have specific things I'm going to slag on, and they're not necessarily the things that I would have expected to slag on, necessarily, but uh, just as you're listening to the plot summary, imagine me just kind of sitting here with my head in my hands, and Joanne just trying desperately to get John to move faster. There's a... I, I... 
I described this to Matt just now as a study in being off. So you know how people go like, man, I just was not on right there when I did a thing and I did it poorly. This this whole comic is a study in Gardner Fox just being off. Like, this is where he got all of his, like, bad juju and put it and then, like, channeled it into better comics like Flash and stuff. So, uh, Joanne, I know you're sitting there staring at both of us going, like, get on with it, so we're going to do that. Joanne is not yet on the clock. We haven't started the no, plot summary yet. No, no, but she's, 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 she, she likes to pretend that she can control us to some degree until we tell her to go out on her smoke break. So, uh, we're going to start. Joanne, get ready. You ready? You don't look ready. Okay. Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Boy bands aside. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're going to start with Flash Comics, number one, 1940, January. Uh, remember, Flash Comics started in January of 1940 with Flash in them, so these are starting at the exact same time as the Flash Comics. So in the last episode we did, we did Flash uh, through Flash Comics number 17. And we're now doing Flash Comics number one through, I think, 22. So uh, Flash Comics number one, 1940. We are introduced to Hawkman and his love and kind of the entire thrown out and forgotten piece of their entire (laughs) theme. So, Carter Hall is an inventor and historic weapons collector for reasons unknown, because like you do when you got money, you gotta have hobbies. Bruce Wayne, take note. So, Carter Hall essentially finds out that he is a reincarnated prince... Uh, specifically Prince Khufu, mm-hmm. which is okay, uh, who has been at war with this guy named Half-Set, H-A-T-H hyphen S-E-T, uh, who is, I guess, a priest of Anubis, they mention a little bit at some point in one of these panels, and Half-Set is threatening Prince Khufu's love, Shaira, and oh, is that how you pronounced it? She well, that's how I I hear it in all the cartoons. They huh. they call her Shaira or Shaira. Okay, that works better because um, I just had it as Shira in my head. Yeah, it's uh, Shaira. Um, hmm. So right. essentially, he I guess like touches an item that gives him these uh, reminiscences of his past life, and he realizes, oh man, like, that was crazy and weird. Like, he gets a sword in the mail. Specifically, actually, I believe it's a glass dagger from uh, another prize for for my collection from Jim Rock in Egypt. Good old Jim Rock sending weird, you know, reincarnation devices since 1903. So, uh, he touches his dagger, has a weird, like, holy shit, that was a weird dream moment, and then sees Shaira through Deus Ex Machina, in the subways of New York, and the two of them see a bunch of lightning hitting one of these subway lines, and they go, oh, this is clearly the work of this one thing that's going to hurt people, and Shaira totally buys into the fact that this is her reincarnated lover from Egypt, because why the hell not? I got the impression that she had already had her own awakening. Yeah. But that is entirely up in the air, because Gardner Fox doesn't explain shit. Right, we don't see that, so Shaira, for all intents and purposes, just says, what, you're my reincarnated lover? I guess... And goes with that. To be fair, he's rich. He's rich and an inventor, and he's got a lot of weapons. I mean, he's got three of the seven categories for uh, a good uh, partner in comics. Did you have a list? Do you compare people against your list? Maybe. In comics, yes. Not like okay, real life okay. people. Okay, I was going to say, like, 
that's a dangerous thing no. to have in your possession to compare <laughs> potential partners against the list. No, no, it's it's <laughs> in comics they have to have three of these seven criteria. I can go into that later. Oh. Um, I do so. I'm curious. Yeah, uh, I which I will make up a, a, the rest of them, but I know three of the seven are rich inventor or has a has a hobby. And so moving right along, yes, Joanne, I know. And it was my fault. Essentially, they find half sets reincarnation and they kill him. Body count one. Get ready for that noise to happen a lot because oh boy. So uh, a couple things to note here. He turns into the he, he becomes the Hawkman in this first issue by going like, well, I guess I'm going to do this now because I'm rich and have uh, weapons and I am the reincarnated Prince Khufu and this bad guy's a sorcerer. I need things to fight him with. Therefore, let me get this ninth metal material that I will fashion into wings with a propeller, this no-shirt, these pants, and a weird eagle-hawk headdress thing that kind of sits atop my face but not completely over it like a mask would. So you see a hawk's face above my face, and I'm a two-faced monstrosity of justice. And yeah, this works, right? And right, it's, Shaira? And it's not just the... It's not just like the overjaw, like that's what you always expect. Much, it, much it, like it, he it, is in all the other comics, yes. Yeah, but instead it also has the lower jaw. And fun fact, it's like, the, the same rule applies if you want to wear a skeleton as part of like a headdress. You only have the upper jaw, you never try to put the lower jaw on, unless you put the lower jaw under your own lower jaw. Here it's like, he's got an entire hawk face on top of his own. Yeah, it's... It's quite disturbing and not at all cool, and it does not land at all. So, bottom line, he kills Hathset's reincarnation, all pretty conveniently, body count one. And there you go. That's it. That's Hawkman, who is a reincarnated prince with my girlfriend occasionally. So... No, no, no. You're papering it over, because by the very next issue, they're engaged. Yeah, sure. I mean, that doesn't... That never comes up again, though, so... It, like, I guess it doesn't. It never comes up again. Wow, I forgot right. they were engaged. Let's yeah. put it that way. Wow. Flash comics. Yeah. Flash comics number two, February 1940. Alexander the Great is in this. Yep. So a guy who calls himself Alexander the Great uh, essentially is using a weight gun to increase gravity on certain objects and hold the world hostage. Shaira is weirdly calm about people knowing their secrets. Uh, that they are the Hawk and Shaira. She doesn't have the Hawk girl name, but like she tells this man that like it's cool. We're reincarnated people, and he's Hawkman, and that is Did code. That actually, get brought up in that issue. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, huh. and that's code for this guy's gonna die. <laughs> and guess who dies? Alexander the Great dies. So boom, that's Flash Comics number two. They kill this guy with this weight gun. Flash Comics number three, March nineteen forty. There is a secret to eternal life being developed by these weird people. Um, that are using one of Carter Hall's old college buddies as, like, a person to help develop it. She's also, like, a voodoo Russian, this yep. woman. Um, it, it's, it's, it's very weird, because at the end... Oh, by the name of Una Cathay. Yeah. I'm gonna go into this later on, but it really is Orientalism Mad Libs. Yes. So, Una Cathay is trying to make this eternal life serum out of... By basically threatening all these scientists into making it for her by keeping them in jars and saying, like, I will give you a bad serum and kill you if you don't help me. And they're like, I guess we have to. And Carter Hall says, none of that! And kills her. And one of her subordinates, that's two more for the, for the count here for Carter um, Hall. It, 
is it even worthwhile for us to bring up whether a villain dies at the end of the issue? Because it feels like every issue... Not all of them, actually. There's a certain point in which they stop dying. All right. Um, And uh, also Carter is terrible at the secret ID thing because after they rescue all these people, he takes the hawk headdress thing off and talks to them. And I'm like, you just pulled a Jay Garrick. Why are you doing that? (laughs) So, Flash Comics number four, April 1940... The Thought Terror. This is actually kind of an interesting one. This guy basically hypnotizes people into thinking uh, accidents are going to befall them, so they keep going back to him and paying him, while at the same time he hypnotizes them and then tells these guys to do exactly what he told them, he told the client was going to happen. So basically he tells the guy, you're going to get hit by a car, watch out for it, and then the guy almost gets hit by a car, and he's like, oh, I have to keep going back to this guy to pay him to tell me my future. It's actually quite clever. Mm -hmm. Um, Carter Hall says no, and uses a a mirror shield to reflect the guy's... um, hypnotist hypnosis beams back at him it's kind of a weird like perseus metaphor or callback which they even do Mm -hmm. uh no one dies in this one oh yeah because he's laid low by his his own own hypnosis yeah right all right flash comics number five may 1940 uh two more countries are added to the fictional atlas emporia and frappe and northern mongolia yeah uh and frappe is f-r-a-p-p-e and uh a secret service agent is threatened by assassins in Araby. Thank you, old-timey ways of saying Arabian locations. And uh, Carter basically just kills eight people during this whole mission to save this woman. Uh, by, so, oh, by the way, he flies to Mongolia on his ninth metal wings. And we never get, like, a how long it takes. I can't gauge how fast this is, because we don't know when exactly he gets oh, to Mongolia. Right. This, is, this is the Mongolian one. You're right. Uh, the Mongolian one is later on when... Uh, oh, no, yeah, yeah. This when is... Shira is... gets kidnapped. Right. This he, is he just... flies to this Egypt. This is just general area. Well, he, they reference Cairo at one point. Really? Yeah, so this is Egypt area. Um, and that's... Oh. How, and that one uh, ends with him saving his I, I thought his it was, woman. like, Istanbul. Where... Which is, is that a real place? No, yeah. no, it's completely a, it, it is meant to be like Istanbul. Right. Uh, which is not in Arabia, by the way. Right. But, uh. Gardner uh, Fox doesn't care. So eight more people are dead. <laughs> Gardner saved, Fox don't give a shit. Right. Hawkman saves a Secret Service agent and in Araby. Uh, Flash Comics number six, we continue that storyline for reasons unknown. Mm-hmm. And we are still with the two of them in the desert and they go to Istanbul, another one for the fictional Atlas. Okay, with Sheba, Queen of the Desert, who wants to sell the Secret Service agent to get Hawkman as a slave as well. It's all very contrived and stupid as all get out. It's it's sloppy scripting. Like, right. the idea is, hey, let's play around the idea of white slavery, because that's exotic and totally a thing that was not actually going on that much at that point. Right. Uh, but, yes. Uh, he kills two more people. I have six question marks because there are lions that he kills unnecessarily. Um, they're just lions that are there. Sad cat sound. Yeah, sad, it's like it's like um, killing the sharks. They're yeah. just doing animal stuff. They're not really like evil versus like the kraken, which is a giant animal bent on actually eating those people or the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Like I would have given the dinosaurs sad sounds because it's like they're just for the monsters. record. It is totally a Christians in the lion den thing. Yeah. Uh, Flash Comics number 7, July 1940. Oh, yeah, Czar the Unkillable Man. This was actually kind of interesting. <laughs> a guy essentially makes a man out of plasm clay, and he uses that man to rob banks. He names him Czar, and he is unkillable, except for the fact that he is totally killable as long as you suffocate him, which Hawkman does with bolos. It's he, the Achilles heel thing. Right. He kills both Czar and his creator. That's body count number 2. We're up to 16, by the way, and we're only in uh, 7 issues. 
And we haven't had any mass deaths. We haven't done any uh, that no. only counts as one. Yeah, he doesn't Gimli anyone wow, in this. Yeah. It gets up there. It is surprisingly, like, mortal, but at the same time, weird-ass situations. Right. Flash Comics number 8, August 1940. Guy throwing atoms at sunspots to start <laughs> God, wars. Right. That literally is what happens. That's and about it's not it. even too... Not, you can't even say, like, there's a direct chain of effect that leads to causing wars. It is... General bad vibes, man. Yeah, it's super stupid. It's so stupid. I'm gonna I'm gonna riff on the science, but it's right. Oh god. Flash Comics number nine, September 1940. Uh, uh, oh, that's right, the genocide episode. Yeah, con- yeah. Okay, Issue. so shit. Basically, Carter Hall stumbles upon the fact that there are men, basically shitty Atlanteans. Yeah, they're like sea monkey people. They're weird. They're Neanderthalic. They're, yeah, Atlanteans. troglodyte Atlanteans who are capturing Ooh, people. That's a better way of putting it. Right, who are capturing people and bringing them down to uh, this city under the ocean. King Jubo, who is their king, is like that's bad, and um, he helps Hawkman to. Uh, no, that was Poseidon. No, no, no. The king says, "Yeah, you should fight these guys," and then Hawkman meets Poseidon mm-hmm. in this same issue, who then gives him the power of fluvia. Which allows Hawkman to breathe underwater. Hawkman now, forever, can breathe underwater because he needed a power? And I just love the fact that he just met Poseidon for like six pages and that's the last that we hear of him ever. Right. So like, he kills oh he kills God. the usurper Kongat, and yes, he also kills a bunch of other of these Kongats in a genocidal act, so that he is one Gimli he does. He, um, he drops a continental shelf on them, essentially. Yeah, he, or he, out from under he them. He destroys their nest thing and kills mm-hmm. all of them. <laughs> Flash Comics number 10, October 1940. There is a map and a blunderbuss that Carter Hall bids for, and there's a guy named John Denver trying to find the gold that the map leads to. He kills one guy who he could have saved. Basically, like, yeah. he... Oh, no, it's it's these two criminals. One of the criminals says, like, thanks for helping me, and then shoots the other criminal while Hawkman is there. I'm like, you could have saved that guy. I'm gonna give you one on that one, because you're, you're a jerk. Um, Flash Comics number 11, 1940. Hawkman and Shaira break up the real Buy Corporation, which is keeping <laughs> playgrounds from being built. In the it un- city that's literally named Suburbia. Right. Oh, God. And they're keeping playgrounds from being built... Uh, which is making it unsafe for children to play. It's a weird comedy of errors. Shaira and Hawkman keep trying to investigate the same thing, but end up like screwing over each other's investigation. And we'll see that again. Flash Comics number 12, December 1940. Hawkman and Shaira stop a doctor from making Carter's friend sick and paying for treatments and changing his will. It's really stupid. Oh, by the way, we get Shaira's last name, Sanders. That's right, that is the first time that appears. Flash Comics number 13, January 1940. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a big, big note here. Holy out of order pages, Batman. Oh, wow, yeah. The pages, for whatever reason, in either the volume that we have or the the original printing, are out of order. So it made for some interesting reading, going like, oh, how... Oh, 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 oh okay, that's what happens. And it could have been, like, an interesting story, too. Like, right. the, 
the core idea is not bad. Right. A woman a woman is putting brain human brains into animals and using them to do Specifically tigers thing. because tigers are awesome. Right, but she's using them in some very thin scheme that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. She's a performer and she's threatening people and if they don't pay up then she's having tigers eat the shit out of them. Which is hard because then it's like if your tigers attack people you're not going to get gigs as a performer. That's what doesn't make sense to me. Is like so she's the, question be... is, the question is whether she's being known from a reputation, or if it's just like, hey, I've got tigers, they're trained, let me perform for you. I don't know who you are, but that's awesome, cool. But right. of all the things that are a stretch of the imagination in this volume, is that the hill you're going to die It was the on? only plan that made the <laughs> least amount of sense to me. Because all of them have, like, a monologue situation, mm-hmm. and this one is like, wait, like, how are you threatening people with tigers that they would never let near their home? Because once you, like, show that the tigers are dangerous, they're just be like, no, I'm just not going to... Well, let... the tigers aren't dangerous until she tells them to be. They're but, utterly devoted to her. But, but still, the whole point is that she's using these tigers to threaten people, and she's like, oh, they attacked you. And if you know well, that this woman has tigers, why would you let her anywhere near you? Because the right, whole point yeah. is she kills a dude in his own home with tigers. And I'm like, it's kind of hard to miss tigers in, like, North America. So... Not only did she did she threaten you, and then you were just like, nah, she can't do anything with tigers, and you let her come into your home? Like, what are you, a moron? Like, no! Alright, I'll, I'll give you that bit. Right, so, he he kills this woman, and also, I'm, I'm... Oh, no, he doesn't kill her, he arrests her, but he kills three tigers, but those mm. were people in those tiger bodies, and I'm calling that murder, because yeah. they were devoted to that woman, they were attacking him out of direct, not natural instinct. Um, Flash Comics number 14, February 1941. Scorio, the old god of the Phoenicians, <laughs> gives Carvac basically flamethrower pistols because yeah. the Phoenicians had those. Carter Hall, as Hawkman, kills a bunch of them, stops their army. Guess how many he kills? 15? Close. Oh, 17? 13. Ooh. So we're up to 34 <laughs> kills right now for Hawkman. Oh my god. In 14 Fox. issues. Flash Comics number 15, March 1941. Uh, the Hand Without a Body. Basically, Cousin... Uh, the Was it Cousin It? Or, or Thing. Thing from the Adams Family. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing from the Adams thing Family is killing people, and Thing can talk, and for whatever reason, it's a thing that occurs. Get it? Thing, thing. And, um... I hate everything right now. Right. It's a stupid, stupid story. It doesn't make any sense. It's dumb. Flash Comics number 16, April 1941. There's a lot to unpack in this one. Shair is kidnapped by Dravidians in Mongolia. Hawkman rescues her from Daki, who is a Dravidian lord. And then... Oh, okay, so I mixed a little bit of the... Uh, the What is it? The, uh, the Kogats in this one. But she's kidnapped by the Dravidians. Hawkman shows up with a Dravidian dagger that they're like, Oh my gosh, you must be the guy who had that dagger Ikura? from... Icaro, who is like a famous hero, and he's like, it's possible I was... Icaro the Redeemer. Right, it's possible I was this guy like a thousand years ago because I've been reincarnated. Don't worry about it. And like, this guy, uh, Daki, tries to overthrow King Targo using bad... It's it's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. Hawkman's involved for reasons that don't make sense. He kills three people. Put that on the board. P.S. At the end, he's reading a Flash comic with himself on the cover. (laughs) That's right, yeah. At the fucking end. Fuck you, Gardner Fox. You (laughs) cannot be meta if you are the meta. Okay? That doesn't work. You have just started existing. You can't reference your own comic. No! I love that this is the thing that gets you. 
You can't you have him read detective or action. You cannot reference your own comic in your comic. That is stupid. You are not Space Ghost. Go away. Alright? No. Like, I've never actually watched Space Ghost. Flash Comics number 17, May 1941. The Golden Mummy Sect. The because, one where they spell Genghis Khan different ways twice. Right, because you need a, a comic with guys painted gold. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. Uh, a guy yep. kills a singer for revenge on a lost fortune that he helped her father get by making golden mummy finds in Egypt. He kills five people. That's all that's really important at this point. All the adventures are dumb. It really, this is all just a way for us to get to the final number, alright? Flash Comics number 18, June 1941. Hawkman helps Shaira's cousin Hank protect his gold claim in the Yukon. By the way, the ninth metal emits, uh, emits heat now. It's also electric resistant, so like he can do a whole lot of shit with it. Oh, it's also flame retardant, so when he was fighting those guys with the flame guns, he could withstand the fire the, in case he had the end metal net. For reasons. Yeah. Flash Comics number 19, July 1941. A cold light weapon. That's s- stupid. Um, and they don't even demonstrate what it actually does. Like, it's we're just cold light. to be afraid of it, but it's just a weird thing. Like, there's a blob of white that hangs in space. And it's like, oh, I guess my... I successfully held it in place with the control mechanism. We didn't get, like, the uh, their, the archetypal scene of the supervillain, like, pointing it at some inanimate object and blowing the shit out of it. Right. It's just like, oh, we're supposed to take it on faith, and it's not clear how it moves because no one does fucking movement lines. Ah! Yeah. Uh, it's really dumb, also, because it just seems to do what Green Lantern's ring does, which is make itself into a construct. Because he keeps running into it. And it prevents him from doing things. It just seems to be like a wall of energy. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, also, there's a bet between Carter and Shaira in this that, like, if he <laughs> solves the case in a certain amount of time, she has to buy him dinner. And he's, they spend, in 1930s money, $37 on dinner or some shit like that. Which is a lot of money. And then he ends up sending her a check for it anyway because he's a good guy, which question is, mark. Which is weird. Because he, like, like... It's not like he says, no, no, don't worry. It was a yeah. bet made in jest. It, he he's, actually like sends her a check like that's that's serious you're apparently engaged to this woman just give her the check or also pay for it like a, mm-hmm. like a gentleman because he it's like he's being vindictive to her like yes. nope nope you said you'd do it and, and it's like and then what? he magnanimously puts her back into he hands her the thing that she needs Honestly, it's not leaving the gentlemanliness that's the issue, or it is the gentlemanliness that is the issue rather than it making it better for me. Because right. it's like, oh, by the way, no, don't worry. I am the lord and master of this domain. Right. It's also shitty because he purposely orders a bunch of expensive things he at the does. restaurant, too. He does. Just to fuck with her. Just to make her think about how much money she's spending. As opposed to, like, it's cool, we'll go to the fancy restaurant and then, like, Motherfucker, you're the one who owns a glass dagger. Yeah, right? You own a mansion that they reference a lot. Flash Uh, Comics number 20. We don't think well of Carter Hall. No. Flash Comics number 20, August 1941. A man who controls bombs remotely tries to become a top gangster in their town, and Hawkman teams up with a rival gangster and turns him into a good guy, and he joins the cop investigation squad. Specifically, he joins as part of the third degree squad. Which means... Point of reference, third degree is a euphemism for torture. Right. So, Flash Comics number 21, September 1941. Neptunians crash on Earth. (laughs) Hawkman takes their baby egg home because he finds the only thing left in the house, or in the ship, and, like, tries to preserve it. Shaira takes it, and then this bad guy takes the egg, and then raises the Neptunian, who I guess grows up incredibly quickly, to hate 
him to hate humanity and also say that he's doing things on Carter Hall's orders because the guy's jealous of Carter and Shira. And apparently Hawkman kills the monster, or rather the Neptunian, because he's not a monster, kills him, body count one, and uh, the guy confesses or gets arrested, and that's it. That's that's all we get. My question is, one, Carter, you didn't notice the giant egg that you had is somehow missing, and you didn't like... Because like, they say like a month passes. Mm-hmm. Time has passed. So Carter doesn't check on the extraterrestrial egg that he somehow found at a crash site regularly. Instead, he just says, nope, well, that's just another thing I'm going to put away now. And then, like, doesn't check it when, like, Shaira takes it. And Shaira doesn't notice that, like, the egg has been taken from her, like, greenhouse. And neither of them go, hey, uh, what'd you ever do with that big-ass egg that, like, you found? <laughs> and neither of them confer about this. And then they see the big monster guy, and they're like, oh, that's where that went. The thing that kills me is that the entire point of... The entire incident of first contact is just thrown into the background mm-hmm. in this. Because it's just like, oh, here is a tool in the hands of this guy who's trying to get revenge. It's like, motherfucker, we just had first contact. Yeah. What? Why? It's it's not important that the aliens came. What's important is that they're giant and they shoot lasers out of their eyes. Yep. That's what's important. And they, apparently they get stupider as they age. Too. Right, because he says, ha, me happy at one point, even though yep. he speaks in complete sentences as a child. Yeah, as a child, he is extremely erudite. Mm. Flash Comics number 22. This is the last one. October 1941. The Killer Gang. (laughs) Shire witnesses a crime and is singled out by the gang and a crooked police commissioner's son who tried to silence her. Hawkman saves her and gets rid of the gang. He kills one guy. Um, That's it. Uh, Why don't you guess what the final count is? 45. One off. 44? Yep. Hmm. Kills 44 people. Okay, so two per issue. I think he's... Right up there, I think it goes Superman, Hawkman, Green Lantern. Those are the three most killingest superheroes around. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, there you go. Uh, Joanne, stop the clock. And well, I'm going to do my final thoughts here. So, we're just going to do a tally of Hawkman's abilities real quick. He can breathe underwater. He has the strength of apparently ten men. They never really talk about how strong he really is. But they do say at one point, with the strength of ten men. So, I'm like, okay. But, but that's somebody saying it, not a narrative box. Still... He does several he is, things he is that are physically alive. very, very strong. Right. I, I will quote unquote say I, I strength will, of I ten will, men. Okay. I, I I feel like he's Batman. He's stronger than that to me. I don't agree. Yeah, I I feel like he's stronger than Batman to me. Um not by much. Okay. Like maybe Green Lantern levels of strength. Okay. That I'll agree with. Yeah, like he's not mm-hmm. like uh strength of ten men is maybe like not Hercules level, but like mm-hmm. maybe like with effort lifting a large boulder. He's not Superman levels of strength. But he's just a bit because even in the comics, even, I wouldn't even go so far as a boulder. But even I would say than, he's, I would say he's Brock Lesnar or less. Well, I'm saying like even further on in like regular DC continuity, Thanagarians are stronger than normal humans. So I'm giving him like a little bit because whatever. He's also reincarnated and he's clearly magic. I'm gonna give him a little bit of magic leeway, but stronger than normal. We don't know what his flight speed is, because they never give me a time frame for me to actually calculate that. Um, He's got all-around weapon expertise. Um, He's rich, and he's an inventor, and he has ninth metal, which will then be shortened to nth metal later in the further reaches of comics. Oh, wow. That's what the nth metal... That's what ninth metal becomes, is nth nth metal. Huh. I hadn't thought of that. I was like, why... I thought it sounded familiar, and I just couldn't place it. Um, Carter and Shaira are not nice people to each other. More so, more so, 
than Lois and Clark. See, because mm-hmm. Lois and Clark have a, like, mm, not really into each other kind of a thing, and Lois is a driven reporter who doesn't really care too much about Clark Kent. She's a she's a hard-ass. Lois is a hard-ass. Shaira and Carter are actually mean to each other. They are catty. If they weren't established as lovers, I would have pegged them as siblings. Ooh. I like that version better. As them just being petulantly evil to each other and trying to constantly one-up one another. So, uh, do you have more on that? I think there's just one more thing I have. Um, Or specifically on that subject. Um... Oh, on that subject, uh, mainly just that he calls her an idiot a lot. Hmm. Simple idiot, that stupid idiot, that idiot girl, and she's always trying to solve crap that she's clearly in over her head with. Like, there's a difference Hmm. between, like, Lois is a competent reporter and has seen some shit. Um, Irene is capable, she's shown it in several issues. Every time Shaira tries to do shit, she screws up. She never actually does anything. And she's not really competent. She's not um, the lady in the evening clothes. She's not Diane. Mm-hmm. Um, she's useless. She's actually a hindrance. And that's what pisses me off is that not only is she the least of all the side of all the sidekick women, she's also annoying because she makes Hawkman's job harder. And Hawkman isn't a gentleman about it. He constantly berates her and, like, rubs her nose in the fact that she's bad at what she does. And I don't think Gardner Fox knows how to write romantic relationships because the only other one he wrote was Jay and Joan. And they're also very weird. They rub me the wrong way. (laughs) So I'm actually going to take a slightly different direction on that. I don't think we have evidence here that that Gardner Fox can't write relationships. I think what we have is this is fundamentally a pulp series. This is not a superhero story. This is a pulp series uh, where the characters are cardboard thin. They are. It would be a, it would be a compliment to call them archetypes. And the amount of times where characters are written in such a way where it's oh no, this is how you get. The fainting woman who needs help. This is how you get the pictures of the white woman tied up in an Arabian slave market. They are characters, and this is 100% the case as well for the villains and for Carter. Characters written such that they fit into a plot instead of the other way around. Right. I can definitely see that because there are moments when all the women that Carter saves... Where you can easily see them falling in love with him. Just because yeah. of that is the oh, formula 100%. of that. 100%. There were stories in there that I was... Act- Two pieces. There are stories in there that I was surprised that they still had him engaged with Shira with. Uh, because it would match better with, oh, yeah, no, she falls in love with him. They have one night together and then he's off for another adventure and she's sad that he's left her. Second, I'm actually kind of surprised that that this ran alongside Flash. Because Flash was not... was a pretty standard, like, PG uh, superhero story. This is, like, bordering on that a little bit more lurid. There's a reason some things didn't survive the comics code. Yeah. And, example. Um, 
last point I want to do for my final thoughts. There is hardly any reference to their reincarnation story. Yep. After the first time, yep. or the first or uh, second issue. The, the most unique thing about your plot, you don't reference ever again. Yep. Why? Yep. Why not use that? It's so ready-made for, like, people we fought in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about more things about ourselves, going back and trying to find evidence of yourself, like, learning who you are. Like, how, of all the things to forget, did he miss that? But then when you put it, you said something just now that made me go, that's why he missed it. We don't focus on first contact. We focus on the fact that the aliens are large and shoot lasers out of their eyes. We don't focus on the fact that they're reincarnated lovers and a prince and an awesome fighter. We focus on the fact that he has a bunch of shit that helps him kick ass. Yep. Gardner Fox doesn't care about the details. Yeah. And those details would make both this comic and probably Flash way better. I would even go a step further. I would say he also doesn't care about the characters. Right. I feel like he might care about the Flash characters. Here, he doesn't care about the characters. These are as developed as the Flash characters. Neither with Jay. You went to college once. And you did things. And that's about it. You never see him suck. It felt like there was more zest. But I mean, it, they're they're more fun, mm-hmm. but they're just as thin. Jay never does science ever again. I'll agree with that. Because that's the thing, is like, Jay, a scientist, should be doing science things. <laughs> never does. Mm-hmm. Like, you never see Jay actually doing work that could potentially affect a plot line. He never yeah. sciences to solve a problem. He just runs. Mm-hmm. And that was all that mattered. It was for Gardner Fox, having him be a scientist was a way for him to have the powers. Because after that, you never saw him science ever again, and he was constantly doing nothing. Just like Carter is a rich inventor who we never see invent anything, Mm -hmm. but it's a way for him to have this huge armory that he rotates through. And Joan does nothing. And same thing with Shaira, is that she does nothing except Mm -hmm. be there. And I think that's just Gardner Fox, that's how he writes. Is, your origin is your origin, and then once we've gotten past that, we never do it again. And that's boring. Because it's just useless, wasted potential. And that's so unfortunate. Yep. So, that's it for me for the rest of this nonsense. I'm sure you have plenty... I have a decent amount. Not a huge amount. Uh, and a lot of it we've sort of touched on as going through... For the record, like, I'm not necessarily averse to Gardner Fox on his own. I'm not necessarily averse to Hawkman on his own. This, I, I am seriously considering throwing this out a window after we're done with it. No. We I to, bought it? We have to collect them all. Are they Pokemon? I have them in my room, like, collected in volume as by series. Come on, man. You can't break up the set. Fine. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Give it to me if you don't want it. But I'm going to hate it forever. Yeah. All right. Give it to me if you don't want it. Don't throw that out. That's a (laughs) a perfectly good... But I want to. Yeah, it's perfectly good reading material. Yes. It's great for the bathroom. I'm I'm glad you clarified that. (laughs) Um, So, I'm going to start off with... One thing that you hear brought up with Hawkman occasionally is the idea that he is the reincarnation of 
an Egyptian prince. It is a white person appropriation of uh, a non uh, of another culture's uh, history and mythology. And I wanted to at least bring that up, but I also want to say, like, for me, I actually didn't find myself thinking about that much with this, specifically because, like you mentioned, it gets brought up in the first issue, the second issue, and one more issue. And other than that, it's just, hey, Hawkman has magical enemies and gets in magical situations. So I'm not actually going to throw the appropriation bomb at Hawkman at this point. Yeah. So... Wanted to at least address that one briefly. Uh, my general rule, and we've sort of touched on this in the past, is I don't consider anything that happens in the first issue canon. Is really the short way of putting it's it. It's hard to do that, though, when it's the only time it's ever brought up. Exactly. And honestly, the fact that it's never been brought up since tells me, whatever, it's it's at least not important canon. So, whatever. The first issue, yeah. the first issue was the only time that Jay Garrick killed anybody. Uh... Or at least the only time that it was that we gave him a ding for it, right? I didn't give him dings for that. Oh, oh no, no, I, I think no, I did, you yeah. did because that was the time he didn't save everybody from going over the where he could have. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, so there you go. I wanted to address that really briefly. That said, the fact that the first episode or the first issue doesn't count as canon doesn't mean there wasn't dumb shit in there. So I want to at least touch on it briefly. Uh, so you mentioned Anubis. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing, because as our listeners may know, Anubis is a dog-headed god. For those of you who are up to, up on your Egyptology, or have watched the Mummy movies occasionally, like I have, because that's oh. as much Egyptology as I'm familiar with. I haven't watched those in a long time. You wanna? Not right now. Not today. <laughs> but I do very much enjoy uh, the, mm. the Mummy 1 and 2. You know what, though? The only one I have physically is probably the, is the second one with the, with the rock. That's not No, awful. that's the important yeah. one, because that one has the Anubis army. I have the one that matters. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, that being said, like, the whole time they're saying Anubis, like, Anubis is the hawk god of Egypt... Yeah, betrayed by the hawk. They refer to him as the hawk god Anubis, but they also talk about betrayed by Anubis. They talk about some of the other people as betrayed by Anubis, uh, betrayers of Anubis. They can't get clear on who the betrayer is. The entire first issue is just sloppy writing. In terms of trying to identify like who the actual god patron of Hawkman slash Carter Hall would be. Like, realistically, we're talking about Horus. Mm -hmm. uh, which makes a degree more sense, because Horus is the rival of Set. They are both trying to dominate, like, the actual semi-mortal realm of Egypt. They're entertaining stories. Uh, there's some weird shit uh, that gets done. Uh, but yes, uh, it makes sense for Carter to be person the personification of Horus, and for the eternal rival, uh, uh, what is it, Hathset? Hathset, yeah. Hathset uh, being the personification of Set, the god of war and destruction. That makes more sense than trying to bring Anubis into this shit. Also, I want to talk about bad science. So, they talk about how the ninth metal, which is never explained, by the way. That's another instance of bad writing. They just say, Ninth Metal isn't affected by gravity. Everything about this makes me just want to rip and tear. 
but uh, it's, it's never own. explained. It is never explained. Not, it's the it's the ninth metal, much like my criteria, my seven categories for being a good companion in comics. There's only nine metals in comics. Nine things I hate about metals. Yeah, <laughs> one of them is the ninth metal. <laughs> All right, so the ninth metal is not affected by gravity. Uh, and that also apparently gives it invulnerability to electromagnetism. Duh. <laughs> no, no, not duh. That's the thing. Okay, so brief bit of science. There are four known fundamental forces right now. Gravitational, electromagnetic, and strong and weak nuclear forces. In theory, all of those are linked, and there's a shared like parent force in theory. If you get sufficiently high energy at a small enough scale... But gravity is definitively not caused by electricity, so the ninth metal wings being able to like disperse electricity, fuck no. That just doesn't... No. No. Okay. No. That's fair. But uh, for the record, those are the four uh, fields and the four forces that are trying to be uh, explained by a potential unified field theory. Now you know. My next note on this, literally the first line, the, the thesis statement of it is... Everything about this is absolute shit. The art. Like, the individual, like, if you're just looking at freeze frame of art, it's not bad. But when you start trying to do, like, combat or motion, there's no sense of motion whatsoever. Combat is just a couple of freeze frames, no sense of motion in them. Uh, The specific one that always kills me is looking at when... King uh, Jaro or whatever, Juto? Uh, Doesn't fuck, matter. Uh, the underwater king. <laughs> the king, uh, not, not They're yeah. all standing, like, uh, George and Carter are standing in front of him, and it just says, they're standing, the next panel has a narrative box of the king turns George to dust, and then he's just a pile of dust. It's not like, even like, action lines. It's not like, oh, he just got blasted in dust. No, it's just, there's a pile of dust next to Carter now. There's no sense of, like, the dynamic combat that you felt when you were reading uh, Batman. It's just... Or even GL, really. Probably, yeah. Even that felt like there was less of it, but there was some. This, there's just nothing. You can get it in Sandman, too, I think. Because he does a lot more fisticuffs. Yeah. And there are missing panels, it feels like. There are points where it's like, okay, you were just suddenly here. Great, whatever. Uh, Script-wise, heroes and villains have no character. Uh, they're joyless pulp cor- cardboard cutouts and sloppiness of explaining things and bits just not being uh, talked about. Blah blah. The, the best touched on that. The best example I can give you is if you go to our Instagram or our Twitter, uh, even our Facebook has this. I think it's a picture of a villain. Saying, I detest having to kill you so simply, but I don't have time to develop a more elaborate means of getting rid of you. That's the entire comic in a nutshell. Yep. I'm not going to disagree. The third category, I'm actually not going to be as harsh on them as I thought I was going to be. Uh, Culture and history. There are some bits where they're surprisingly close. Like, the assassins, uh, they got the name was the name given to the founder of the assassins was actually pretty much on point. I could attribute any differences to differences in transliteration. And the name of the former capital fortress of the assassin state was correct. Uh, 
but then you get into everything that's wrong and I just describe it as Orientalism and fetishiz- fetishization Mad Libs. What, you mean uh, Dravidians weren't real? So, Dr- that's the thing. Dravidians... <laughs> no. Dravidians... Oh, they are? Dravidians oh, were real. Okay, so I, I know things. So, Dravidian... Here's the thing. Dravidian is a term that refers to a, ling- a linguistic group. Okay. Like, Southern India is generally populated by people who have a Dravidian dialect. And, of course, because you have the link between language and culture, you have a Dravidian cultural group. I didn't see anything about them invading India in any point, but the real hang-up is just why the shit is all of this issue set in northern Mongolia instead of India? And, for that matter, why is there the assumption that the ancient Dravidians were a sep- have lived separately from the rest of humanity. Yeah. Like why are we Mongolia getting... is kind of the middle of nowhere, but why is there a journey to the center of the Earth situation happening right now? Exactly that. <laughs> it's like, exactly why that. Are we... It's just why is there a terrarium with Dravidians inside of it? <laughs> and Una Cathay. It's oh. like Cathay being the, uh, the Occidental name for northern China for the longest time. It's just there's so many bits where it's like. I could easily imagine uh, Gardner Fox taking a dictionary and just thumbing through it and stopping. Okay, there's something that sounds fantastical. It's it's joyless pulp. I have written down, this is pulp. People die. Antagonistic civilizations are completely wiped out. There are no consequences, and it doesn't fit in well with the superhero tropes that it's partially dipping its toes into. I would call this a pulp series and not a superhero series. Yes. Cool. Wholeheartedly agree. Excellent. Which is unfortunate. Yep, it is. Unfortunate. It's just, it's bad. It's poorly written. It's just bad news. And the fact that it's the same creative team that started off doing Flash, to me says, this was the second string, okay, knock it out quickly. Yeah, what are you guys Maybe. doing on the weekend? Nothing, guess what you're doing? <laughs> Boom! Content. Gotta fill that Flash book. I bet that's what it was was like you got detective and and action and all American and all star and things like that and you had to fill the pages because the big leaguers were taking the 12 page stories I believe it and you get flash comics and obviously the main character has to have the 12 page stories because a lot of Mm -hmm. these flash comic stories for Hawkman are only like 8 pages I guess so, yeah. He's four pages shy of a real story. That's why page. That's why panels feel like they're missing, because they are. They legit are. Like, they cut all the stories in, uh, by, like, a quarter. Can we read something enjoyable next time? Sure. I'm excited for... Honestly, I'm, I'm actually really excited for the Spectre. I hope that's good, I'm man. also expected for, uh, uh, excited for Dr. Fate. Uh, I, think, I think we will cover Spectre next. Mm-hmm. Probably Dr. Fate. And then we're going to try and... Breeze through, maybe Johnny Thunder and Starman. Honestly, maybe I feel like we maybe. need to like choose a character who is the most likely to be just enjoyably dumb right. and roll with that. They might both be. Um, we're as also long as they're enjoyable, right? We're trying to get through so that we get the JSA for you guys. Because once we hit the JSA, then we can bring back Wonder Woman because she's part of the JSA, and then we can kind of get rolling again. But we wanted to have all these characters covered so that when we start referencing them in JSA comics, you're not like who. <laughs> yeah, so we will see you in the next episode. Happy New Year. And uh, we, we've got some exciting things coming down the pipe uh, mm-hmm. that we've got worked out. We will uh, get that going for you. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. 
DC Detectives can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. To stay in the know, check out our Facebook, Twitter, and our website, dcdetectivespodcast.com, for visual aids and more. Getting back outside was a mercy, but it wasn't until we started the car that the sound of catty bickering and Carter's put-downs were finally drowned out. The entire night was a loss. We learned nothing about Ninth Metal, and those two were just cardboard copies of the star-crossed Thanagarans to come. Thank the fates that we didn't have to go to Araby for this, at least. 